Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie, and I'm here today. I have a special guest. Her name is Anna Utman, and she is a writer, and she's um, a writer who helps women express their stories and ideas, and uh, we could call her a ghostwriter. I've never really like, called anyone a ghostwriter before, so I'm excited <laughs> to introduce you as a ghostwriter. But what she does is she helps uh, women business owners to create copy for their websites and to tell their stories. And I love this from her bio. It says, her mission is to drive the female independently owned business economy forward. Her clients tell her that she has helped them to become the women they're destined to be by inspiring them to tell a new story about themselves and their work, both internally and to the world. So I, I'm so happy you're here, Anna, because I do think that one of the most important things that we can do in terms of defining our own reality is to like tell the story the way we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd love to hear how, how you came to that realization for yourself and how you started doing the work that you're doing right now. Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to um, share more about my story and connect with your listeners. Um, How I got to where I am now. Let's see. The short version is that I started a career um, in nonprofit communications, and I worked for um, anti-violence against women organizations in Washington, D.C. And um, during that period, what I was really learning is how the power of persuasion can happen when you combined data and numbers with stories. And so, you know, my job was really to convince lawmakers to spend more money on programs for survivors. And I found that the best way to do that was to get those powerful real stories of survivors and what they'd faced and pair that with the numbers. Um, it was a fantastically rewarding career. Um, it, it meant so much to be able to do that work. Um, and yet I burned out <laughs> um, about six years, uh, six, seven years in, um, I realized that I'd just been going 110% for too long. And I was looking for the next step, um, and I wasn't sure what that was going to look like, um, but I knew that the best parts of what I did was shaping stories and writing. (laughs) So I kind of took this newfound self-knowledge, and we can talk a little bit more about how I got there, but I took this newfound self-knowledge and um, decided to launch my own business, writing business, which um, combined those things, which is, you know, working with women to tell their stories and help them express their ideas, you know, paired with my natural, mostly intuitive talents um, of of writing and uh, marketing psychology and all those other wonderful gifts. And so um, now here I am about uh, six years later, um, six years into a business, and um, it's really interesting because I think if you'd asked, you know, the self in D.C. who is doing the lobbying work and um, kind of working 60 hours a week and wearing suits and um, straightening, straightening her hair, that she, you know, 12 years later would be living on the West Coast and running her own business, she would have looked at you like you were crazy. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, um, I can't imagine 
kind of a better place or the more perfect career and calling for me that I am now. Hmm. Well, it's cool because it, it, I mean, it sounds like you had to rewrite your reality in there. Absolutely. To be able to go from one, one identity, which is, I think a lot of people in Washington, D.C. can relate to that identity of like never burning out and like not having time to enjoy your life to yeah. actively enjoying your life, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So what, what was that like to, to have to change your own narrative there? <laughs> Messy. Uh, chaotic, (laughs) painful. Um, (laughs) uh, No, I mean, I guess, I mean, the truth is that I really think that we're all just, the older we get, we're becoming more and more ourselves. Um, And, you know, I know that in my, in my 20s, there was a lot of external ideas of success and how I took care of myself that, I was doing um, unconsciously, but that didn't really resonate with who I was or what I needed. Um, You know, for example, the drive to get a master's degree or um, the drive to make a certain amount of money or reach a certain um, title at at a firm. It's like I was chasing things that were not really, that didn't have the kind of inner meeting that, um, that was most fulfilling. And so I guess the process of getting there was really simply turning within and tuning out, you know, the outside world more and more and tuning in to myself in order to figure out what choices to make. And, you know, the career choice was a big one. I mean, I think most of us for many of us, how we make a living is one of the most meaningful um, and potentially uh, chaotic or stressful decisions we'll ever make. Um, And yet there were other, you know, very small ways of coming back to myself and turning within, you know, something as simple as not wearing the suits anymore um, or cutting my hair a certain way or um, even this decision to change locations, the decision to, um, you know, pay down credit card debt, the decision to do more yoga, like all those things added up to and contributed to me being able to make the like the big career shift um, that was required. Mm. Yeah, I love it. It it makes me think about how I I got onto this like this journey of doing self care work, but mm. it, it started really with like ah, like I'm trying to even trace it back. But I think like the first yoga class I walked into was mm. like just just this aha like moment of like oh my gosh, this is a place that I can take care of myself. Like I remember feeling that way. Like oh, like some part of me had been looking for that. And and after that, there were there were so many things that I did, mm. and and did well and did not so well. But I think it it all starts to inform the who we become. And and I have this belief that like who who we are really wanting to be in this world. Once once we get to that place where we feel like we really are on that path that we're we're doing the work that we're here to do, it's like everything that we had to go through, including all of like the stuff that we quote-unquote messed up on, like, it all becomes really valuable. And I, I think that, for me, it's sort of like, 
even to take it here, like I think that that's what forgiveness really is, is just realizing that everything had to happen to make us into who we are and that there's really, like there's no problem in it. But it, it does take a lot of like back and forth and, and lots and lots of small decisions along the path. I think I think when people just think that they're going to like transform it all in, in, you know, a couple of months, like sometimes it happens that way for people. But most of the time I think it's more like what I'm hearing you describe and, and what I had in my journey. Yeah, like, who are those people? Um, what's wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I I think of my own life as more of a a narrative arc or, or a journey as opposed to, a, you know, a linear path from A to B. Um, and so by that, I mean, I mean, I'm here now doing the things I'm doing, um, but I... I actually kind of assume that in 20 years, my life is going to look differently um, in, in many ways. And so, you know, and then what I was doing right now does not become irrelevant or not part of that path. So, you know, we're all, it all matters, you know, it's all important and none of it's wrong. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's all part of a story of uh, the story of your life. And um, that, that arc, I mean, if you think of any good story, there are parts that you did not expect. There are curveballs, there are new characters, there are new challenges. You know, if you've ever read a story that just told you exactly what happened and the character had no, problems or challenges whatsoever like that story is not interesting and it's not rewarding or meaningful whatsoever so you know I'm, I'm a writer so I, I think about that analogy or metaphor a lot but but that is the one that makes the most sense to me mm. yeah it's, it makes me think about I like I, I, it was like five years ago there I was watching this really funny teen drama about high school gymnasts competing in the Olympics and there's this one really evil character, you know, like teen dramas, like the, the villains are so villainous. Yeah. And she just caused so many problems. And there was one point where I was like, oh, I hate her. She's always causing problems. And and then I realized that there, I'm like, oh, there'd be no story without her. Like she moves the plot along. <laughs> and it, uh, I, I think it's like an important thing to realize that when, when we are getting some setbacks in there, that like it, it, it we can take the, attitude that like life is out to get us or we can actually take the opposite attitude that like everything is for us like it's all for our development in some way and that if we can like not not sweat it so much and just kind of keep showing up it it works out you know and I don't even know what works out mean these days it means that you know you can kind of roll with it yeah but I I just I think the real the idea like that we could ever get past the setbacks in terms of who we want to be is it, it probably causes more suffering than any one of those little individual problems are that cause us. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's shitty things that can happen to people. I mean, cancer, uh, there is you know lots of injustices in the world and lots of crappy things that could happen. But, um, but I, you know, that doesn't mean that you, can't that you would abandon yourself during those times i mean you you have to stick by yourself regardless of what's happening and you know the fastest and easiest way you know to do that is to continually you know 
turn within and make sure you have a good relationship with yourself. Um, you know, that's one of the things for me that's been really important to think about is that, you know, I've worked on relationships with partners or with colleagues um, or with clients. And it took me a while to realize that I wasn't working on a relationship with myself. You know, how do I want to treat myself? How do I want to congratulate myself, um, take care of myself? Um, And so I think that you know, remembering that the one and the most important relationship you're going to have your whole life is the one with yourself <laughs> is something to like keep in mind throughout throughout your whole life and know that there's going to be natural ups and downs and things that are not going to work out um, in the process. Yeah, well, it, it, that's beautiful and um, resonates so true with with my <laughs> with what I believe. Obviously, I I, I care about self care. Um, but <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, I just started a whole business around it. Uh, yeah. But it's 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 so incredibly simple. This the, the stuff that it actually can same way that like in a regular relationship, like what helps is like listening and like willingness to like be self aware and not project and things like that. Same same on ourselves, you know, to like willingness mm-hmm. to like get to know ourselves mm-hmm. and willingness to like see what works and notice what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm curious how how does this uh, how do you experience these themes when you are working with clients because you you work with female clients helping them really be able to like start their businesses right by helping them with their writing which is such a huge part of starting a a a business that I found um so do these themes come up when you're working with ladies oh absolutely um and yeah I mean whether whether they're just starting a business or they've been in business business for three five ten years um, women are, what I've noticed is women are really good at doubting themselves. <laughs> like it's almost, um, it's, it's a pattern that I've seen that is completely uh, irrelevant in regards to like how much money you make, how successful your business is, what kind of business you have, what you do for a living. I mean, the, the self doubt around ideas and um, if I'm doing this right, am I saying this right? Can I really talk about this idea? Can I really shift and create this new identity for myself? Um, For some reason uh, we question, we question ourselves before the, the thing that we want to share, the idea, the work, the business is even out into the world sometimes. And, you know, what I've, what I've found helps is, um, I mean, first of all, talking to other people. Uh, I think that women, a lot of times, just sharing their experience makes them feel less alone and hearing other women share their experience makes them feel less alone. Um, but also, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is just to take action. And, you know, in my line of work, that could be publishing the blog post or sending the email that you're really, really nervous about publishing. Um, and seeing that the world is not going to come crashing down around you when you publish that, but instead that could be a whole new phase of your business or bring a whole new audience to you or open 
you know, a whole new revenue stream or whatever it is, um, if it's scary and you're doubting yourself, that probably means that you should do it. <laughs> so, you know, what I work on is helping women to, you know, shape their ideas and get to that place where, you know, even if they're not completely, you know, 100% ready to hit publish, they at least feel confident that their message is strong enough and that their ideas are communicated well enough that when it's out in the world, it's not inaccurate or not powerful enough. So, so that, yeah. that taking action bit is, um, is the antidote, I think, to a lot of self-doubt. Yeah, it's, it's so my experience of like starting this business. Really? Is that, yeah, that, I, I've never, I've never been a huge procrastinator. Like, like my mom will always say that. Like, I came, home, I would come home from school and just do my homework right away. And <laughs> I, I think the thing for me is, I just, I just don't like something kind of hanging over me. So I'll just do it. Yeah. But I, I did struggle a lot more with like, you know, what would people think kind of problems. Mm-hmm. And, 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 not, and it's not that I don't like. I just, I just published this like big expose on my sex life a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, which, which was more vulnerable than I would normally share. And I, 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 like, needed to get some feedback on that one. Like, most of the time I'll just kind of I'm, – I'm working to – because it feels good to work for me. Yeah. It's like I've made this commitment that I want to start this business. I think it's helpful. I believe in it. And I, it's not that I don't have my moments of, like, worrying that it's not going to work out or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, but I just find that, like, I feel a lot better in myself when I'm not putting things off and when I have, like, a bit of a routine around my work week, which involves, like, putting my newsletter out and recording podcasts like this and all of that. But, um, but I, I do think that, that that mental energy that we spend doubting ourselves or worrying about if it's, if it's good enough, that, that uh, one, it's normal to do that because just something that's really important to keep in mind is that none of us really have great role models for this. Mm-hmm. Like we're really some of the first generations to be able to be, you know, work in a way that, that actually feels authentic to us as women. And I think even, like, our parents were really working in situations where it was a little bit more of a masculine-based system. And now we're, we're seeing that there's opportunity here. We can do things that we're valued for, like, who we are as, as women and valued for who we are as real people and not just, like, machines. Mm-hmm. So just being kinder to ourselves that, like, we're kind of figuring this out right now. Liz Gilbert mm-hmm. has a really great talk that she gave all about that, which I, I always resonated with. And then just seeing how much energy that being stressed out and not believing in ourselves can take up, which we really, like how much energy do most of us spend on anxiety and guilt and self-doubt and worry. If we didn't use that energy in that way, like we would have so much more energy to actually go out and, you know, write blog posts and look for clients and, and dream up new programs that people can pay us for. So I think if, when I see any, any of women out there who are trying to start their own businesses, that feels to me like one of the most important things is to really get a check on that mental energy because that, that will drain the life force out of you pretty, pretty easily. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, I mean, we have centuries of in our DNA of women who are, have spoken out and been, you know, shamed or ridiculed or far worse con- consequences as a result of, saying what they wanted to say, you know, we have that in our, you know, in our DNA and our blood. And so there's, in the past, there have been really very real consequences. So, you know, I, I'm excited about this new phase that we're in too. And um, I think it's, I think the, the point you brought up about, 
a mental energy and just how much of it is is siphoned off to anxiety um, among other things. It's just it's just sad because women have so much to offer this world. I mean, I I really think that if if we want the world to change for the better like many of us do and like many people who are listening to their po- this podcast may feel, you know, I really think that's going to be done a lot by the work of women. And so if we are hampered and continue to be hampered by anxiety and self-doubt and all these other issues that are just holding us back, we're not going to get there. <laughs> and so I think it's on all of us to support each other, to be able to speak what we want to speak and serve the way we want to serve and do the work we want to do, because that's, what's going to transform this world into a better, more sustainable place. So sorry if I took us off the rails there for a moment, but I, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're preaching, you're preaching the choir. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the same thing that like, like, and there will be typos. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, I just gave this talk at the House of Representatives on self-care, and these people were so cool. Like, we had a really good – Oh, oh God, that sounds super rad. It was really cool, yeah. It was, um, I, I worked with one of the members of the gym when I teach at the Department of Justice, and so she moved there and uh, helped me organize it. I had, I had like, like 13 people come out. It was, it was a good showing. And we, it, it, oh my God, that system is just so messed up there. Just in terms of like what they're expected to do, and I was, I was like really trying to work with them. Like, oh my gosh, like so you don't get any time for yourself. You're supposed to be like be able to answer your phone until like in the middle of the night, basically. And they're like, yeah, it's really bad when it's in session. But anyways, I was following up with them afterwards, and I, I, I like when I'm following up with people, I kind of just copy and paste like emails that I've written to other people. So I was like, oh, thanks for coming out, and I, I use you know. Mm-hmm. Edit it, and I, I put the wrong day in. I was like, "Thanks for talking to me yesterday." And somebody wrote me back, just being like, "Just so you know, you, you used the wrong form email." And I like my first thing was like total shame storm. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yes. And then I was like, "We all do that. Like, it's no big deal. Like, like I just it's one of those things that in the past I think I would have um, beat myself up about it. And I'm like, no, it's just it's just how things go. Like, we're all busy people, and we're all you know taking little shortcuts here and there." Um, and that doesn't mean anything, you know, that, like, so just, just, just to say that, like, when we're putting it out there, like, it will be imperfect, and, and, you know, especially if what you're sharing is controversial, people will not like it, mm-hmm. and you should do it anyways, because, it's, I mean, who cares? <laughs> as long as you're, like, aligned with what you really want to be doing and able to help some people with what you, you know, are putting out in the world, I think that, like, let it be, let it be kind of messy sometimes, and, like, the the world will we'll do that. I think I have like a typo in every one of my weekly newsletters. And, um, <laughs> I love like, that. There, there will be typos. I love that. I love that. It's hilarious. I'm oh, saying yeah. this to a, to a copywriter here. So maybe, maybe no. a different opinion on it. <laughs> no, no, it's great. You know, I think it's, I think it's far worse to actually have an idea that you want to share and keep it bottled up and not express it. I mean, I think that that's far more harm to us than a typo or, you know, a misspelling and something in email or a mistake. It's like those kinds of things are, are so minor. I mean, I, um, and I heard this once and I, I'm, I forget who said it. So I apologize for the attribution, but 
you know, think about if these thing, if this thing will matter in in five months, you know, five years from now, like the typo, you're not going to remember that typo. You're never going to remember that typo. You know, you're going to remember how you felt when you, you know, led that yoga class and the person that came up to you afterwards shared how meaningful it was to you, to them, um, and how wonderful you were and how good you were at your job. You know, those are the things you're going to remember. So, I think it's good just life in general, but especially if you're a woman in the world who's expressing her ideas in some way to be able to think big picture and long term with all the little minutia that can come up in the day to day and cause us anxiety or shame or any any other kind of negative feeling because um, your work is far more important than that. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> And, and, and like, that, that's, that's going to come up, you know. Just, so I think just what, what I helps me a lot, I don't know if, what, what you do in those moments, is that, like, like, I have, like, a short list of people that I will call and be, like, mm-hmm. not going to believe this. Just sent out this email totally wrong. And, like, <laughs> I did, I've done, like, horrible things before. I, like, when I was a photographer, I'm going to share all my secrets here. I accidentally deleted the ceremony pictures from this wedding, oh. like a wedding that people had flown me out. <laughs> oh. It was really bad. It was really, really, really bad. And, like, oh. I, yeah, my house was broken into my hard drive, was stolen once. Like, there's, there's just a lot of stuff that happened. And what I realized is that, like, life totally goes on with all that stuff. Like, it's, you'll have to go through it, and it's bad. But you just reach out. And the more that I reached out, I remember I was, like, so kind of nervous to tell my mom about it. For You know, we all get that, like, mom stuff wanting her to think that we totally have it together. And, and yeah. she was like, oh, my gosh. And she, my mom sold real estate for a long time. And she's, like, talking about some of the deals that she had messed up in her career. And, it's like, we all have a story like that. And, and like, that, that it's, it's, really, it's really okay. It's part, it's part of it, even though, you know, they might be cringy moments. And I think that what the worst thing we could do in those moments is to, like, think it's just some judgment of our character and then to not talk about it. I yeah. think the more we share. And just, just a few months ago, one of my friends, um, she called me up and she's a photographer and she'd done the same thing. Oh. And she was like, she knew, she'd known that I'd done it. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like, you're the only person I could call. And I was like, honey, I'm so glad to get your phone call right now. Let's talk yes. about this. Like, we can be that for other people, too, if yes. we're willing to share about it. Yeah, you're passing the phone a friend uh, love along. I totally, yeah, get that, too. I mean, I know whenever I self-isolate for whatever reason, um, it I know where that path leads. You know, it leads to more of the same feeling of whatever I'm dealing. But when I reach out to someone, um, you're absolutely right that they can provide perspective. And sometimes we just need a reminder that someone loves us. You know, <laughs> we just need a reminder that someone is looking out for us and it's not it's not as bad as we think it is. So, yeah, I agree with that, that technique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really what the, the things you'll remember years later. And again, it, it just, it gives you the skills to be able to handle complexity. And, and something that I've noticed is the more that I've, I feel established in what I'm doing, like the more complex it seems to be in a lot of ways. It's just like, People are complex. Where there are things about myself that I'm just learning now that that make my life more complex. And but I, 
that that seems to be the point in some ways, and that's really how I see self care. It's not that we're avoiding anything; it's that we're we have the skills to be able to handle more at this point. So it's it's so cool to to see your example that you were you know able to have a really complex life here in DC in ways that maybe were not so fulfilling, and now now you have the more maybe space for more of the the nuanced complexity of being a writer. <laughs> Rather than having to, like, burn yourself out in the process. Yeah, I mean, I think life is is always complex. And, you know, I think it's easy to always obsess about our own problems or challenges that we're facing in the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing that has helped me with that is not not trying to make it less complex, <laughs> you know, not trying to, I mean, simplifying is great. I'm, I'm all for simplifying and, you know, minimalism and decreasing our possessions, you know, that's fine. But I also think there's something about just staying anchored into yourself and trusting yourself that you'll be able to handle whatever comes at you. Um, that's far, far more supportive than, thinking about your life or feeling as if your life is too complex um, and out of your control. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of like self-trust in there. Yes. Uh, trust is my word of the year this year. So <laughs> I'm saying it for myself as much as anyone else listening, but, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Trust. Yeah. Mine's love this year. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. And I think the only way that we learn to trust ourselves is just by seeing that we can handle it. Like my having to call up the wedding couple and tell them and know that I still, you know, could survive that. That taught me a lot of trust, but like I could get myself out of some tough situations. So that's great. Well, okay, well, I'm I'm trying to get into this habit where I ask my guests a question. I always forget, so I'm remembering right now what, what is what is what does self care mean to you? Like to, when you define self care? Yeah, self care to me means knowing what you need and then giving it to yourself. It's it's really you know I say it's that simple. It can be that simple. Um, I I think that you know we may not know exactly what we need. So there is that process of, of trial and error, you know, does, does going for a walk make me feel better than going for a jog or whatever it is. Um, and then the giving it to yourself part is, uh, you know, a whole other layer. Um, I know for me, that's been, that's been challenging because I, I had a lot of issues as a young woman with, taking care of myself. Um, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have that modeled for me. And so I kind of had to learn it as an adult. I think most of us feel that way. Um, and so I kind of judged for a long time what I needed self-care wise. And so, you know, even though I knew what I needed, I didn't give it to myself. And so that's the missing part of the equation for me that, that I've now, you know, come full circle on and I, my goal is to abstain from any any judgment 
in regards to actually giving myself what I what I know I need to to take care of myself properly. Hmm. That's cool. So just being being really open to your own process, like yeah, discovery. Yeah, and knowing that it probably will change. I mean, even, you know, what what feels good to me now this month could be different next month. I mean, it can change with the seasons. It can change as we get a medical diagnosis. It can change, you know, as we move cities or houses or live with someone or don't live with someone. I mean, it's not like you figure out self-care once and then that's it for your whole life. Like you've got it, you've got it down. Um, I think of it more as a, as a flexible process and kind of meeting myself where I am every day, every week. Um, and, and allowing for those things to shift as, as, you know, as my life changes and, and not, again, not judging if I need more or less self-care or different kinds of self-care at certain times in my life. It sounds like it's like a frame of mind for you. Like just, I think just like it is. keeping it as an intention rather than like a, a set of something prescribed. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people that, you know, if someone else tells me to do something, even if it's myself, I mean, I'm not sure that I would necessarily follow it. So yeah, it has to be, it has to be fluid, flexible, and in the moment a lot of times. Um, you know, that said, I, I, I do know things about my own personality that that cater to the kind of self-care I need. Um, you know, for example, I'm an, I'm an introvert, and so as most writers tend to be, and so, you know, I need a lot of alone time. A lot of alone time. Um, every day I need alone time. That's that's never good, probably never going to change in my lifetime. And so, you know, the more I can give myself those kind of things and, and recognize that as kind of the baseline for what I need, the better. Um, you know, sometimes I think about self-care as, as having certain non-negotiables and then certain things that are, are nice to have. You know, my one of my non-negotiables is alone time. You know, another one is drinking water, um, eating vegetarian, doing yoga two times a week, you know, those kinds of things. Those are my non-negotiables. You know, the, the things that are fun that I sometimes do are uh, in addition to that. But at, I feel like everyone at, at, at baseline has a set of supportive practices that probably will not change drastically, but that are absolutely required in order for you to be your best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's and all the habit change research that always comes to us to, like, keystone habits. And, but yeah, for me, it's, like, going to bed early. Like, so I'm bed mm-hmm. by 10. Like, life's pretty good. Like, everything else kind of <laughs> organizes around that. And if, if I'm not, if I, I can do it one night, but if I do it two nights in a row... I really I start to feel it because my, my like body clock I wake up so early anyways these days yeah so that's great and then it's like once once you know that it makes it makes it it makes it easier it's like we all have to make sacrifices sometimes like I don't do things at night often so I can't go to bed but but it's it's worth it to me and I just can arrange my life differently as a result yeah um, and I I love what you said about making things easier because, uh, you know, I think the purpose of self-care is is to make things easier for ourselves <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's not to it's not to add to our 
to-do list or jam-pack another thing onto our calendar or spend more money or anything like that. It's, it's to make things easier for ourselves. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it's like it's to have a lifestyle that gives you energy rather than taking energy away. Yeah. And it's, when we're in the stress response, it's so hard to see that. And when oh, once we start to get out of it, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool to watch my clients get that again and again. Like, oh, like life can be like this. Like, yeah, it's, it's not that far away for most of us. But it does, like you say, it takes like a, a focused mentality on, on figuring out what that is. And that, that takes a lot of trust in yourself. And like, it's a big self-discovery process. But I've, ne- I've never seen it work out poorly for anyone to go on that process. <laughs> Usually quite the reverse. Um, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I guess the other thing I would say is that, you know, I think self self-care or, or taking care of ourselves on the days or weeks when things are good, like it's easy to take care of ourselves when things are good. Um, it's, it's the weeks or the days or the months or the years where things are stressful. Uh, there's more anxiety there. There may be other external things you're dealing with. I think the true test of, of self-care and how you treat yourself is how you take care of yourself in those moments, not not the easy moments, but but the moments where self care is more needed than ever before. Um, uh, you know, I know sometimes for myself, when I have a really busy week, I'll um, I'll make like microwave. I'll buy microwave like grocery food or or make it. I don't know, some kind of like off the, out of the freezer into the oven or microwave kind of food situation to, I think that I'm making it easier on myself. But really, those are the weeks when I need the most nutritious food, the most, you know, healthy meals. And I've, I've noticed how I've started to like, at least recognize that and then start to shift towards okay, those busy weeks, let's not skimp on, on the self-care and the food and how we take care of ourselves because we're going to need it more than ever that week. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, that's powerful. Yeah, just to really know that, like, we're, I, I think that we're, like, we practice for those moments. You know, we're doing yeah. the self-care in the easy moments, so when the hard moments come, we, like, know what to do. Yes. Same, you know, you're you're not... I think about this with yoga. It's like we're not doing down dog all the time just to do down dog. It's like so we can gain some some skills. So like when the moment outside the mat calls us, we have flexibility, we have strength, and all of that. Yes. Um, this is cool. I I love this conversation, and um, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm curious, um, how can people learn more about you and the work that you do? I'm I'm assuming that there's some people out there who are like looking for someone to help them with some of their writing and wanting to start businesses and um, can you point them in the direction of how to get in touch? Of course. Uh, the the hub for everything is my uh, digital home. My website is AnnaOtman.com, and my first name is spelled with one N. Cool, cool. And and on there, there's information about how they can how they can work with you and absolutely everything. Their, their there. writing magic. <laughs> Everything's there. I'd love to connect with you. And your listeners, yep, right there. Mm, Well, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing about your own process. And I'm sure there's um, some some ladies in D.C. who are 
you know, feeling inspired. I, I'm feeling inspired by your California lifestyle right now, too. <laughs> it was so fun to have this conversation, and thanks for, for listening to my ideas on self-care. It was, it was fun to talk about. Awesome. My pleasure. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, Anna, and thanks to everybody out there for listening. And just, yeah, I hope that, that you can get this from the conversation that it's like, it, it is really a mentality and it's not about getting it perfect, but that, that like even, and I'm the same way that Anna is, that like I didn't, I didn't get it growing up and, and it's something I've had to learn, but that like you can do it and like we can support each other in it. So thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and I'll catch up with you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.